Words for our current cultural moment. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on today in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We will be studying verses 12 through 20. And I think this passage has a lot to say for the current cultural moment uh, that we find ourselves in. Um, There's nothing we won't find in the teachings of Scripture to address um, every aspect of life. There is, as the Bible says, In Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. (laughs) And so the Bible, uh, the living word of Christ, is as relevant today as as it has ever been. And uh, it speaks to every issue uh, because it addresses every matter of faith and life. Um, And so um, we uh, who proclaim Christ view the word of God as the source and authority for all matters of life and faith. And so this particular passage speaks strongly uh, to the cultural moment that we find ourselves in. So before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. And we thank you for another day, Lord God, to see your grace and mercy at work to serve you as your people in the world. We love you so much, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your word. Help us to be um, good Um, interpreters of it as your spirit would lead and guide us and that we would uh, faithfully teach and faithfully live your word uh, and its instructions. And so, Lord God, uh, we give you thanks uh, that uh, your word is here to guide us and to keep us on the solid ground of the path of righteousness that you have laid out before each of us in your grace and mercy, because you care about us. Uh, You don't want us upside down on our backs in the trench of sin, uh, struggling to get out. Uh, You want us walking in liberty and freedom. And so your word is here to guide us in the path of liberty and freedom. We give you thanks, Lord God. Help us to uh, have eyes to see and ears to hear, that we might receive exactly what you have for us today. As your spirit leads us in your name, we pray. Amen. All right, this is 1 Corinthians 6, verses 12 through 20. Paul writes, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, I think 
the most important place to start with this scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20, is at the end of that stretch of verses, uh, where Paul says in verse 19, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? We know that the Spirit of God dwells within us when we profess faith in Christ, when we receive His grace and mercy. We receive also the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides within the spiritual hearts of men and women who receive Christ. And uh, the Spirit is God's gift to us. It's, uh, Paul says here that we received the Spirit from God. You are not your own. We don't belong to ourselves when we profess faith. Christ, we surrender to Him. We surrender to His will. We surrender to His ways. We're no longer our own. We no longer can selfishly claim that we get to do what we want in this world. We're surrendered to the will of God in Christ. And that means we surrender to what we might otherwise think our lives should be about, or we might, or what we might otherwise desire, what we might otherwise pursue, or think we ought to have. You are not your own. Verse 20, Paul says, you were bought at a price. A very expensive price, a price that was um, uh, measureless. There's no way to measure the value of the cross. There's no way to measure the value of the gift of God's grace and mercy won for us in the death of Jesus. It is a priceless gift, and he gives it freely and willingly. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It is a very difficult thing to do for selfish human beings to honor God with their bodies because we are people of desires, people of passion, people of pleasure. And uh, to bring those things into unison with the will of God, into unity with the will of God, to willingly die to our selfish notions of what we want is a very difficult thing because the spirit within us rails against Um, surrendering to God. It rails against giving up its own will in its own way. Uh, We're rebellious at the core because our human nature is to rebel against the things of God and to elevate the things that we want. So Paul begins the passage in verse 12 by saying, this is the attitude that people have. I can do anything I want. And he's right in the sense that God is not going to keep us from doing anything that we want. We can do anything we want. We're free to do that. He's given us complete free agency as human beings. But our free agency does nothing to uh, limit the sovereignty of God. So Paul challenges us. He says, you say, I have the right to do anything. But you know what? Not everything you can do is beneficial for you. Not everything you can do is going to have positive benefit in your life. He says, but you insist even still, I have the right to do anything, okay? But you will not be mastered by anything except Christ alone if you profess him. And so, yes, you're free, and you're even free in Christ, but you can't be mastered by anything other than Christ because anything that masters you outside of Jesus is an idol, and it has control of your heart, and it has control of your life, and that is not God's best will for you. You say, the stomach for food for the stomach and the stomach for food. God's going to destroy both of those things. There's a day and a time coming when you won't need a stomach and you won't need food, because this life will uh, be at its conclusion, and you'll be in eternity. 
you won't need food and you won't need a stomach there. Um, the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. He's saying there's a time when the body needs food and that's why God gave you a stomach to, uh, to process that food and to provide nutrition to your body. But there's a day and time coming when you won't need earthly food and you will need a stomach because you'll be ushered into God's eternity. Um, but he says the body is not meant for sexual immorality. In other words, we feed our bodies in our earthly life because we need food, but we don't need sexual immorality. We were designed for the Lord and the Lord for us. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Paul elevates the promise of resurrection that we're not meant for this life alone. The problem with sexual immorality is it's, it's, it's an attitude that people embrace when they don't have a vision for a life beyond this life. If you have no notion that the power of God is going to resurrect you because you were made for eternity, then of course you're going to live for the present moment. Eat, drink, and be merry, right? Throw caution to the wind and do what you want because this life is all you've got. If you embrace that attitude, then I can understand why you would live that way. But Jesus says, you were made for something more. Uh, Paul's teaching points to the truth of resurrection. You were made for something more. You're going to live beyond this life, and God will raise your body uh, to new life in him in eternity. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. So when we surrender to Jesus, when we profess faith in him and we come to faith in Christ, we bring our will and submission to Christ's will for us and we become members of his body. We are no longer, um, we are no longer free agents on our own. We've surrendered to uh, God's great power over us, God's sovereign will for us. And um, he says, you're united with Christ um, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. We are now one with God in Christ in spirit. Um, we, you're not your own. <laughs> Back to Paul's words in verses 19 and 20. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I think Paul makes a great case, and it's a case that the present moment doesn't want to hear. There are a lot of people saying, I can do what I want. If I want to marry someone in my own gender, I can do that. If I want to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with, I'm free to do that. And, um, and so the present moment is, is clamoring for its rights to pursue its passions and desires without restriction. But the reality is the person united to Jesus realizes that we must surrender our will and bring it into unity with the will of Christ and only the Holy Spirit of God can do that as the Holy Spirit of God conquers our willfulness, conquers our selfishness, and brings our spirit into submission to the Spirit of Christ. So we surrender, uh, but the Spirit accomplishes the work of submission in us. We submit our will then once we've surrendered. We said, Jesus, I realize you're the right way, but I, but I don't have power in myself to say no to the things that I want to say yes to. <laughs> and that's the Spirit's work of bringing us into submission to the will of Christ. Are you submitted to the will of Christ? Or are you still struggling to, um, to give your will over to His will? It tells me that the Holy Spirit of God has not yet accomplished submission in your life. Maybe you've surrendered to Him, but I wonder if you're submitted to Him 
that's a work of grace that the Holy Spirit accomplishes in us. If you're not submitted to the will of Christ, in other words, you're struggling to walk in the way of Jesus, then maybe you need to continue praying that the Spirit would open you up in that way and bring your will into submission to the will of Christ. All right, my friends, this is a powerful teaching and uh, one we need to be challenged with. I hope that it brings you encouragement today. God bless.